0: Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. This morning, we're going to begin a new series called When Life Gives You Lemons. Did you get, get lemon heads? Yeah. yeah, you look like you did, huh? No. But um, it's going to be the life of Joseph. For nine weeks, we're going to study this man's life. And um, this whole idea of life giving you lemons. I, I grew up in Corona. I'm born raised Corona. I live just about two miles away from where I was born. So I can go stand in the parking lot where the little hospital used to be at Corona Regional. It's not there anymore. The hospital, that's where I was born. So I've seen a lot of changes in Corona. How many remember when the um, south side of Corona on the way past like, citron was just all orange groves anyone remember stuff like that it was really great remember how you could smell the orange blossoms anywhere in the city and remember those things it just smells so good and so i had friends because not just not just orange groves we had some lemon groves avocado groves things like that so i had some friends that lived near them we'd hang out so we'd go pull lemons off the trees yes i was a juvenile lemon taking thief when i was in elementary school but that's where I, I, I learned to love lemons, and so I would cut them and I'd put salt in there. And I didn't. You know, how many did that? How many still like to do that? See, exactly right. So, um, and so I would do that, and that's why I, I really enjoy getting sore throats because I get the lemon and the salt. No, I don't like sore throats, but I use lemons and I use salt for my sore throat, and I have a lemon tree in the backyard. Gives off like about seven, 800 lemons a year Don't know what to do with that So I give it away to church people and, um, and so, but I love the lemons And I've always loved lemons The only thing I don't like about lemons Is that when life gives you lemons, right? Nobody likes that, right? We all like our life to go smooth And have this kind of upward trajectory And then when life gives us lemons Oh my gosh, I don't like that at all And you probably say what I say God, why? Or God, when is this going to end? Get me out of this situation. You know, lemon seasons, they last for, when life gives you lemons, weeks, months, years. My longest season of when life gave me lemons was five years. It was like, it was 2011, 2016, somewhere in that frame right there. It was, it was a rough five. And then God brought me out of it, and he gave me, gave me a prophecy through somebody I never met. They, on the money, man. Sure enough, it was over. It was like, wow, what happened? God, you just gave me the right word at the right time, and yeah, it came past, all this stuff. And so um, we're going to look at this guy by the name of Joseph. And Joseph, he, um, he lived like 3,900 years ago, really did live. Uh, the Israelites really did go into Egypt. Uh, it all happens in this time frame. And most of Genesis, and if you want to turn in your Bibles to Genesis 37, that's where we're going to begin today. It's going to be a nine-week series. Most of Genesis, the biggest pieces of Genesis, I should say, are taken up by, by Joseph's life. From chapter 37 to chapter 50 of Genesis you'll read about him except for one chapter and that's chapter 38 and that's his brother Judah takes up that chapter and Judah that whole chapter is about terrible decisions this guy continues to make in his life but Joseph is going to be an interesting study on how what he does with when life gives him lemons. It's an interesting study in this guy's life because you're going to find out later he's 17 years old. He's like a high school senior. We would look at it that way. When life gives him lemons in his life. It's going to last 13 years of his entire life. But before I get into the story, um, I want to take you to the end of the story and show you a statement that, um, that Joseph makes. And it's in chapter 50, verse 20. It's one of these verses... That if you have Commit anything to memory This is one of the memories You just want to Remember this verse Here's what Joseph says After his life Is completely Flipped around Things are good again Years have gone by And here's what Joseph says He says As for you Talking to the brothers Because those ones Later on you'll see They sell them out They're the ones Who cause the pain Says you meant it For evil against me But God Meant it for good in order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. Here's what he's saying in a nutshell. And when we get there, we'll we'll expand it more. He's saying, look, when I was in it, I didn't understand it. I couldn't figure out why. But after I've gone through it and I look back, now I can make sense of everything that happened. We like to say it like this. We understand in reverse, do we not? We always understand once we've gone through it. But when we're in it, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to see why this could be any benefit at all. But God has the ability to take bad stuff and turn it around for some good stuff in our life. So things are going to turn around this man's life. So here's what we're going to do this morning. This is a setup message for the nine-week series i'm going to give you background on joseph as much of the time allotted first in the first four verses of genesis 37 then i'm going to take you i'm going to give you one point just one point today then i'm going to give you four sub points on the one point because we're talking about the dream and the four sub points are the dream killers in our life and then we're going to drive it home with a statement taken later on the book of acts by stephen the first martyr of the church it's not a verse-by-verse study. We do that on Tuesday nights, but there'll be a lot of narrative and then verse-by-verse in it. So turn with me to Genesis 37, if you would. And let me give you the opening background on this young man, this teenager's life. Verse 37, chapter, um, chapter 37, verse 1 says this. Now Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned. Jacob is Joseph's father. In the land of Canaan. Canaan is the area we now know as Israel. These are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph was 17 years old, 17 years of age, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. Now he has brothers and they're shepherds. While he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Now, stop right there. So, now we find out that Joseph has other brothers, and two of the mothers are Bilhah and Zilpah. What it doesn't tell you, but it's told you earlier in Genesis, there are two other mothers besides these two there's Rachel and there's Leah. Rachel is Joseph's mother. Joseph has a younger brother Joseph is the 11th of 12 boys 12 sons And there's a younger one The 12th is Benjamin Benny Now Benjamin His um, Benjamin and Joseph's mother Dies giving birth to Benjamin So now they're growing up in this home And there are four mothers All these stepbrothers Their mother is passed away So now you begin to see A little bit of what's happening In their life It says here that Joseph brought back a bad report about the brothers. So he's kind of like a tattletale, let's say that. He's tattled on these guys, and he's 17. Give the guy a break, you know? So now you can see kind of the mixture of this kind of crazy family as it begins to develop. Now look at verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons, because he was the son of his what? Old age. But remember, he's also the son of Rachel. Rachel is the woman that Jacob loved. Loved her a lot. He didn't love Leah, the other one, and the other two concubines basically come in were brought in by the two wives, Rachel and Leah, to have more kids. That was, so it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Now, if you caught it, it says, Now Israel loved Joseph. Israel is Jacob. His name was changed by God to Israel. Back in chapter 32, that's how you get the name of the nation of Israel, the people of Israel. Now, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a very colored tunic. Now, dad gives him a coat, and some of you probably maybe have seen the the play, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Coat. You ever heard of that one? That's part of, uh, they got that from from Joseph here, and um, Joseph couldn't sing, so I'm just joking. But, But, so he gives him that, Gives them this coat Now stop Think Some people here We just gotta get over some things I'm gonna make comments as I go um, Just because mom and dad Gave your siblings something And you thought it should be yours You need to get over it now Any amens? Yeah. Just get over it, okay What good is that doing you? Is that making you a better person? Or is that just making you angry? You need to make your own life Carve it out through the power of God And quit living in the past yeah. It's just that simple Now, verse 4. His brothers saw. Question, what do you think they saw? (laughs) They saw the coat, and that coat tells them something. Here's what it tells them. Saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. So they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. So now the brothers, I'm sorry, yeah, the other brothers, 10 of the 12, they look at Joseph, and they can't stand the guy. They hate him because... Basically, he's got the coat. Dad loves him. Dad loved Joseph's mom. You know, he didn't love our mom. And so now you see all this going on, and they can't stand the guy to the point they don't even want to listen to one word this guy says. Now, here's a thought for you statement. And you thought your family was crazy, right? This is crazy right here. And now you think about Joseph and Benjamin. They're growing up in a home. Where their mom's gone And all the other stepbrothers They got a mom And there's, you know, who knows what's going on in the family So it's really a kind of a Dysfunctional home Side note, somebody might think Well, see, God does condone uh, polygamy No, He's not It's just that the Bible will tell you exactly what's going on It doesn't pull punches with sin, okay So don't sit there and read a story and go See, there it is That just means you don't know how to interpret Scripture No, God never condoned these things at all so here we go one point then four bullets and we'll cover a lot of territory in the one point the point and the only point is this God gives Joseph a what? Dream. gives him a dream now in chapter 37 5 through 8 watch this it says then Joseph had a say dream, dream. and when he told it to his brothers they hated him how much? More. oh even more isn't that fun? it's getting worse for him now they hated him even more He said to them, please listen to this dream which I have had. Stop. Did they ever want to listen to him anymore? No, but he's telling them, hey, could you listen to the dream I have? And this dream is going to really offend. They don't want to hear what the guys will say. But here he comes. I'm going to tell him my dream. He thinks they're going to get excited. They're not. All right. And he said to them, I'm sorry, verse 7, for behold, here's the dream. We were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Did you catch what just happened right there? Okay, let me read the the last verse here and then I'll tell you what's going on. Then his brothers said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Are you really going to rule over us? So if they hated him before, watch now. So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his word. for his word oh isn't that interesting so here's what he's saying sheaves you get the great stalks of wheat bundle them up you have a sheep there lay them on the ground he's saying I had this dream guys may brothers gather around I know you hate me I know I'm a little tattletale and when you're a punky younger brother no you don't want to talk to me but let me tell you my dream because you're going to really like it all of us had a sheaf here, uh, and, and my sheaf stood up and all of your sheafs they fell over and bowed down to my sheaf. Aren't you guys excited? And now they're angry. Now they hate him even more. And they say, and they know exactly what it means. You really think we're going to bow down to you? Now, let me tell you something, guys. I'm not going to read the next dream, but he has another one that he shares with them. And the next dream is, there's a sun, there's a moon, there's 11 stars. 11 stars represent the 11 brothers. The sun the moon represent mom and dad. And, uh, and he says, they all bowed down to me in the dream. So now they're really, now they can't, we well, can't stand this guy whatsoever, man. So um, <laughs> and so they're going to end up wanting to get rid of the guy. Okay, but let's move on and, and look at this, okay? <clears throat> Verse uh, 13. Now here it comes. Israel said to Joseph, are not your brothers pastoring the flock in Shechem? Now stop. Shechem, um, those of you who study with me on Tuesday nights, we just left the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. Jesus meets her at the well in Sikar. Sikar is the name of the, air, the city area right there in Jesus' time. Shechem is the name of that place in ancient time, 1900 years before that time of Christ. So they're in the same vicinity there. So there says, Your brothers are pastoring the flock in Shechem. Come, and I will send you to them. And he said to him, I will go then he said to him go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock and bring back and bring word back to me stop is he a tattletale is he dad's spy yeah bring back word to me what your brothers are up to okay see it so he sent him from the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem now first thing I want you to notice is this I'll probably try to remember some as we go along but Joseph is a type of Jesus Christ this means there's similarities who sends Joseph to go check on the welfare of the brothers? The father. Did the father send Jesus to check on our... Yes, he did. And he goes, Joseph goes, to check on the welfare of the brothers. Jesus was sent by the father to check on our welfare to save us from our sins. Amen to that one? So now he's going. Now, side note, and that's this, painful side note. The father's going to... send Joseph, 17-year-old kid, going to the land of Canaan, dangerous areas for him there... And he's going to travel ultimately about 50 miles because you're going to find out they're not where he thought it, they were. And he's going to go visit brothers 50 miles away who can't stand him. You put all that together and it's trouble, is it not? The father doesn't know something when he sends the son off, when he sends Joseph off. He doesn't know that he won't see his boy for 20 years. When that boy leaves and he says bye, he doesn't know I'm not going to see my boy for 20 years. In fact, for 20 years he will think his son is dead as you're going to see later in the story so it's a very painful moment later on for the father now verse um, where am i at verse 15 it says a man found him now he's got the shechem and the brothers aren't there a man found him and Behold he was wandering in the field and the man asked him what are you looking for stop let me talk to young people notice it says he is wandering Listen, young person, he's wandering. And then the man asked him, what are you looking for? Listen, if you don't know what you're looking for in life, then you will spend your life wandering around trying to figure this or that out. You need to figure it out and God is the one who can tell you if you, spend, if you choose to spend time with him, Get off all the phones for a while, everything. Spend time with God. Find out. Or otherwise, you're going to spin your wheels wandering and you're trying to figure out what you're looking for. And once you find what you're looking for, what God says this is what the path is for your life, then you give it all you got. And you won't be wasting your time anymore at all. Does that make sense? That's right. So here we go. Now, verse 16. He said, Here's what Joseph responds to the man I am looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they are pasturing the flock Then the man said Well they have moved from here For I heard them say let us go to Dothan So Joseph went after his brothers And found them at Dothan Now watch this When they saw him from a distance Stop They see Joseph coming from how far A distance how do they know it's him What's he wearing That coat that they really love Right that coat is probably bright it's got all these colors they know he's coming they saw him from a distance and they're going to do something bad to him it's a contrast if you think about it from the prodigal son's father who sees the son coming from a distance and he runs out to his boy before the townspeople can excommunicate the son according to Jewish custom so here's a contrast where the brothers see Joseph from a distance A oh, man here he comes man. and what does it say they're going to do or they do It says, they plotted against him to what? They're going to kill him. We're going to kill this guy. That's what they want to do to their brother. And then verse 19. But Wait, stop, 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 stop. Sidebar um, um, uh, uh, typology with Christ. The brother Joseph comes to his brothers. Do they accept him or reject him? Jesus comes to his own, and what do his own do? They reject him. There's another typology of Jesus Christ. Now look at the last verse right here that we want to read in this section uh, for for now. It says in verse 19, they said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Because remember, he shared not one but two dreams, right? Let me tell you something about dreams, vision for your life. It gives you the reason to wake up every morning excited, does it not? It gives you the reason, the purpose of your life. See, God can give you a dream and a vision. You have an identity in Christ, but he can give you a dream and a vision for your life. Let me tell you about dreams, why they're so important to have a vision for your life. When I was younger, um, you know, Disneyland didn't, you got season passes, you pay like a half million a year for your season pass? (laughs) It's close, right? It's getting up there. Now, when I was growing up, uh, you know, we went to Disneyland once a year. Not like now, you go, oh, let's go for two and a half hours my kids let's go for two and a half hours eat and come home what okay but when i was growing up we went once a year and it was like the movie the wizard of oz once a year anyone remember that and so that's what it was and so my mom would announce i'll never elementary school she'd announce we're going to disneyland this certain date." man your zeal for life shot up from zero to 100 million in a half second am i right now, I'm going to go back in time because you younger people need to know some of the history of Disneyland, okay? So we would go to Disneyland, and um, you'd go through, and your parents, it cost like $4.95. I remember that, to go in. Some of you going, I wish it cost that now. No, because then you couldn't buy gasoline. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, um, so then you'd buy that. Everyone would get that booklet, right? Yeah. And what would you have? A... B, C, D, e. e, And you want the E, right? Because E's the best. And you take A, B, and C, you chuck that, right? Because nobody wants A, B, and C. That's nobody gonna get, There's no good rides A, B, and C. You just want the E. And then you'd have to buy more E tickets once you ran out of your, I think you had two E tickets, that was about it. Now at Disneyland, you know, you go and you have Frontierland, Fantasyland, and you have Tomorrowland. And when I was in the sixties as a kid, in Tomorrowland, they had this right now <laughs> the older people are gonna remember this. The carousel of progress. Raise your hand if you remember that. That just means they're really old, okay? <laughs> that's all that means right there. It just means they're really old. I remembered. It was one of the best best I don't even know if it's a ride. It wouldn't be a ride. And you younger people when I describe it, you go, that's ridiculous, so corny. I get it, okay? Different era, you know, you're so smart now. But anyway. You'd go go into the next group, would go in this kind of room, and there's a living room there. It was by General Electric. And it would rotate around. Remember that? And it'd go from room to room. And you have these robots, but they look just like humans. And you're like, "Uh, is that real? But you know, you're a kid. And they're telling you, they're showing you what tomorrow would look like in the homes of the future. And you shuffle from this one to the next one, and they're showing you all the General Electric products. And all the appliances, and you younger people are going, How boring. But in the 60s, I was like, Wow, it was great. They're showing you what tomorrow looks like. Let me tell you what your dream is why vision is important. It shows you what tomorrow looks like in your head, for you. And you got to have that. So it gets me up every day, so it wakes me up. With excitement Because I know in my head What tomorrow looks like Planned this church 30 years ago You think my vision's over? You're kidding yourself There's still more to go God's a big God Every one of us needs a dream Everyone needs a vision Now I'm going to give you The four dream killers I'm going to run through them Very quickly now Because this is what You got to watch out for And they're all taken from the story Watch what the brothers do to Joseph He's got the dreamer Comes this dreamer But we're going to kill The dream in this guy As society tries to kill it in us Now the first dream killer is Life devalues us Remember that, life devalues us Now watch the verse, verse 23 It says this So it came about when Joseph reached his brothers That they stripped Joseph of his tunic The very colored tunic That was on him That's interesting, is it not? Life devalues us, now question Who gave Joseph that multicolored coat? Question Dad, dad gave Joseph the coat Because Joseph is the Oh favorite He's the favorite It Let me break it up He's the it kid With the favor of the father on him Right? Right? And they know it And they know it See God puts favor In every follower of Christ's life It's called grace Say grace Grace. It's grace You can't earn it Can't work for it Just is God gives it to you as a follower It's part of the gift makeup also You have an identity in that You have the grace of God God favors you You all as followers of Christ If you have placed your faith in Jesus You're the it kid You see That gives you value tremendous value. And you know what? Something's what is how do you know what something's worth? Whatever someone will what? pay for it. Pay for it. Right now in my life, I'm trying to get rid of things at my house cuz I'm an empty nester. My kids are gone and they still have stuff at my house. <laughs> Let's get together and sell that or burn it or something. So, we're so we discovered, offer up you mean somebody going to buy this from me? They do. They're going to give me. I, I was going to give you money to take it, and they're going to come and get it from me. Are you kidding me? They'll and they leave the money under my mat. I just put it out for them. They come. They leave the money right there. And my wife tells me this last thing. Somebody called about this table. I go that table from Orange County. The first call. are you Are, you, are they crazy? I mean for that. But they'll pay for it. They'll pay for it. Listen. What something, the value of something and whatever someone's willing to pay for it. Jesus said, what would a profit a man if he gave the whole world but lost his soul? In other words, your soul is more valuable than the entire universe put together. Amen. You have value. But life will try to strip it, take it off you. Remove the grace of God. Make devalue. And when it starts to devalue, you're gonna lose the vision, you're gonna lose the dream. But that's not all. The second thing is this, life lowers us. Life can lower us. Now watch this, watch what the brothers do. It says, and they took him and they threw him into The what? in the pit that's right now the pit was empty without any water in so we know it's a cistern these are carved out of solid rock and if you go to Israel you'll see them and they, at the top um, certain cisterns in the ground they'd cover it and then a, a smaller opening at the top and that's where they got the rainwater drinking from there and everything well this one's empty it's dry so they drop him in there. Now, later on, verses, we're not going to read them now, but you're going to find the brothers are outside, somewhere outside, they're eating while he's in there screaming, let me out of here. I'm assuming he's screaming, I know I would. And they're eating. Now watch, look at my hands. Here are the brothers eating, and they drop Joseph in the pit. Question, what was Joseph's dream? That what? What? Come on, tell me. Oh, they'd bow down. He would be above them, right? Yep. So, what do they just do to him? Lower. They lowered him. They lowered him. They're jealous of him. The guy's got a dream, and they're jealous of him. There are people who are gonna try to lower you, cut you down, tell you no way, not gonna happen. Life does that, and you gotta be careful with that. Amen. You can't let people lower you. You can't let people do that to you, because when you get a God-given dream. You can't listen to the squeaky wheels. You got to go, man. And you got to do it. Now, look at the third thing. Life can rob us. Life can absolutely rob us. Now, look at verse 26. It says, Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? This is Judah talking now. And then he adds, And, you know, come, let us, let's sell the guy. Let's sell him to Ishmaelites. Whoa, stop, Ishmaelites. Let's go back in time now. Wait a minute. Joseph, Jacob, isaac um uh, abraham we're going back in time to great granddad great granddad his wife sarah they got hagar i'm sorry yes they got hagar the egyptian woman thought this is the way god was going to do it It wasn't the way then they had ishmael the son which all the arab tribes in our world come from right there so now you see where a sin in the past or a mistake in the past comes into the present and now affects the family any amens any amens on that Remember that one. I gave you a big free one. You tithe twice on that one right there. <laughs> and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother. He's our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then some Midianite traders passed by, and they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. Stop. Let's go, let's go typology again, similar to Jesus. Who sold Jesus out? Louder, Judas. Judas. Who sold Joseph out? Judas. Judah. Say it, Judah. Judas. Who sold Jesus out? Judas. Judas. That's right. What did Judas sell Jesus for? Silver. What did Judah sell Joseph for? Silver. Silver. See the similarity? See the typology in this guy's life. So, rob us. Life can rob us of our dreams. How does that work? Well, let's go back to life devalues us. Devalues us We lose our value Circumstance What people say And then life can lower us You know know. Look Some of you have heard Some terrible things Cut you down Tell you you're dumb You never amount to anything Or this and that Or you've compared yourself To others because this and that And you feel like you're less than They're all lie after lie After lie after lie And you can't believe that stuff Because once you start Buying into that Guess what You're going to get robbed You're going to get robbed In this respect You're going to sell off Big parts of whatever the dream was for your life, and you'll settle for whatever the pit is. Yeah, he's powerless in the pit. See, we start thinking I'm powerless to see any change. I'm powerless to do this. No, you have a big God who's bigger than the pit, who's bigger than what anybody says. Right? Say right. Okay, I know somebody's on my side here. Okay, now we move to the last thing, life can cycle us. Another dream killer is life can cycle us. Now, what does that mean? Verse 29, what it says, now Reuben, now this is the older brother here, he's the oldest of the 12, returned to the pit. He's been gone? Where? I, we don't know. And behold, Joseph was not in the pit and he tore his garments. He returned to his brothers and said, the boy is not there. As for me, where am I going where, where, where to go? In other words, I gotta face dad I'm the oldest I'm the responsible one you know in the prodigal son story the oldest should have been the one trying to convince the brother to stay home but the older brother is just angry out on the side and here the oldest is trying to be responsible the right thing and he goes he comes back where's my brother how am I gonna face dad I'm the oldest I'm the one who should be responsible to keep this family together Verse 31 They took Joseph's tunic There's the code again They slaughter a male goat And dip the tunic in what? Blood (laughs) Interesting And they sent the very colored tunic And brought it to their father And said watch this We found this Please examine it To see whether it is Your son's tunic or not Did they say our brother Or your son? son. Wow interesting Rejection right there Your son See if it's his Now watch Then he, the father, Jacob, slash Israel, examined it and said, it is my son's tunic. And here's his conclusion. A wild beast has devoured him. Joseph surely has been torn to pieces. Jim, how do you get life cycles out of that? What kind of animal did they slaughter? Goat. Goat. You go back in time in Joseph's father's life, Jacob, to deceive his father, what kind of animal did he slaughter to put on the fur? Do you remember? It was a goat. So now you see life cycles repeating. Listen, listen, listen. Some cycles are good in families. Some cycles are not good in families. And whatever cycle's not good, you want to break that cycle. You don't want to repeat that cycle. That's why for me, alcohol was not an option in our home. I grew up in an alcoholic home. There was never any way one drop was ever going to be in my life where my kids would see that as a normal thing in life. So thank God my kids don't drink. And my grandkids are going to grow up that way. Because I broke, I chose to break that particular cycle in the family. Some cycles are good, some cycles are bad. And you got to see the bad ones, you got to break them. Because life can cycle you. And once you cycle those things, it destroys your dream. Okay, let i try to drive this puppy home. Genesis 37, 36. So Joseph's on his way to Egypt. It says, Meanwhile, the Midianites sold him in Egypt to Potiphar. This is who buys him. Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguard. Next week, we're going to delve into this guy and what happens to Joseph. It's going to get really interesting. So imagine this. Put yourself in Joseph's place. You're 17 years old. You've been sold by your brothers. You end up in a land, not your land, not your culture. You don't understand the language. And they put you up on a chopping block, basically, and they sell you as a slave. Now, think about what that means for Joseph. In his dream, his brothers were going to what? Bow down. Now, in his mind, he will never see his brothers again, correct? So, what does that mean about the dream? What does it mean about the dream? It's over. It's done. This will never happen, it's gone. And so what's going to happen? What's it going to do? Can God do anything about this? Well, let's see. Watch what Stephen, the first martyr of the New Testament church here, watch what he says in this great message he preaches to the Pharisees. He says this, the patriarchs became jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt. Read the last one with me. Yet God was with him. That'll be a reoccurring statement in Joseph's life. See, when life gives you lemons You can think that well, oh, that's, that's it That's all there is No, God is with you Amen. God is with you Look at me Those of you who fall asleep Because the word of God Is not exciting to you God is with you Okay I'm going to sit down here um, I just got back from vacation, right? You knew I was gone, right? You were. Uh, Charlie doesn't have my hair, okay? Sometimes in my office, I stand. He's looking in the window, looking at my hair, going, "I just wish. I wish." Um. At the end of Joseph's life The whole point of the dream The whole point of everything that happens 13 years later Real quick, and we'll expand it As we go along Was to save the world Did you know that? (laughs) To save the world from starvation To save his family That was the whole point That's why God basically sent him ahead In fact, when he rises up to second in command Of all of Egypt, the most powerful Empire at the time They change his name. I'm not going to try to pronounce the name they change it to, but it basically means Savior of the world. Isn't that crazy? Savior of the world. (sighs) So while I was on vacation, I have a lot of time to think. And I like thinking. And of course, we all know now what happened in Texas. Listen to everything I'm going to say. Don't pull things out of context. Context. Because I've I've really thought it through. I don't I don't talk quickly. I th- I'm a thinker. I think things through. I get tired of all the media that just jumps on with all their quick thoughts and everything. I'm thinking, what a waste of my time. But it was a tragedy. Can't imagine what those families feel. And I'm not one. I'm not going to second guess everybody. They'll figure that all out try to look at the log in my own eye. But if you really think about it, this is happening everywhere. This is not like this just happened for the first time. We're seeing shootings everywhere. Not just there. And then you know, I, I'm watching the news a little bit because I can't take too much of it. And then they're giving us all the solutions, which is the same solutions they always come up with. And I'm listening to it. I'm, You know, I, I, I enjoy listening to an economist um, by the name of Thomas Sewell. You ever heard of Thomas Sewell, anybody? You'd be wise to listen to that guy. We don't have him much longer. He's early 90s. He goes by evidence. I call the, our society now the cliche culture. They just have a bunch of cliches that mean nothing. And he'll give you the evidence of what, how you really need to look at the economy versus how it's projected to you in journalism, in politics. He gives you evidence. We, we don't have him much longer. He's early 90s, African-American man, one of the most brilliant men, but he goes with evidence. Catch, catch him on YouTube. He'll set you straight on the economy. He made a statement. I heard him about... I was in something about eight, nine months ago. And he said, politicians... He goes... They, they offer you solutions. But they not, really, really can't solve anything. They're just giving you trade-offs. And I thought, I never thought of it that way. Because to have a solution means you've solved the problem, right? And then he said this. He goes, oh my gosh. He said, what politicians do is... They'll create a crisis... Which, wow, what a shocker <laughs> And then They'll be in office telling you about the crisis About the crisis, and then during re-election They haven't solved the crisis, because they can't But you still need them to solve the crisis Right? To get re-elected And I thought, you're so right How I, come I, I didn't think of that? I thought I was pretty smart But he thought of it <clears throat> But I'm watching all the answers They're giving, same stuff more laws. Throw more money at stuff. Tax us more. Give it away. More laws. Look, more laws don't fix anything. Because if it did, another category, we have a lot of drug laws, do we not? There are more drugs coming in America than ever before. Laws don't change stuff. Because evil finds a way, does it not? It doesn't solve anything. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm really... I guess the word might be irritated uh, as I'm watching all their everybody's got to chime in with what the answer is And the, I even saw one article I just couldn't believe it and I don't care where you stand on gun laws it's your business but this one article said he's talking to Christians and he said that you know faith without works is dead that's the verse they use not even a Christian and he says see what you need to do Christian if you're faith now you put works in and, and go vote uh, for gun laws I'm thinking that's what that verse means? All of a sudden, I have an atheist or non-believer or whatever he is. He's not going to interpret the Bible for me? I thought, how ridiculous this is. And so um, I thought about this. I thought about this. I wanted my heart to be right. I'm trying to make my heart right, but I've been agitated because it's happening everywhere. And I'm I'm just sitting on it, sitting on it, thinking, am I going to talk about this Sunday at the end? And yeah. And this is what God popped into my mind. He says, Jim, it's crops. Crops. He says, yeah, it's crops. Decades and decades of no God. When I was in elementary school, I remember it was on third or fourth grade. I used to go to what's called Kimball Elementary. Now it's like Orangewood or Buena Vista, whatever it is. You know, it was like 99 and 9 tenths percent Mexican. You know, and Dan, the rest looked like you. <laughs> but we all got along and um, I remember one time in third grade the, me and a couple of buddies I don't know how we, what, why, why we did it we started singing oh when the saints go marching in and one of the teachers heard us now today they'd shut you down fast but the teacher said what they had us go to almost every classroom and sing that song can you imagine that so we went to every classroom and said oh when the saints go marching in and then I remember in sixth grade I played Joseph in the Christmas play Garretson elementary school and it's like that was the 60s and God was prevalent in our lives and with every decade the next crop no God no God no God no God and now you got crops that's what God was telling me Now you got crops, and they sit there and say more laws, more this, do that. No, you don't. They have no clue out there what to do. They keep saying the same stuff. It's crops. You're taking God out. So what's supposed to happen? Let me take it from a devalue position because this one struts me. Devalue. We have elections going on right now. Don't you just hate the commercials? Mute, mute. So t- it's a cliche culture, same cliches. And I'm watching them now. Like, I'm a John the Baptist type, and so it's like I always have to control myself. But all these cliches women's reproductive rights, you know, you know it's a war against women, you know, all this stuff. And one commercial says it, you're going to hurt doctors if they want abortion. Hurt doctors? You're going to take away abortion and that's going to hurt doctors. I'm like, oh. And Olivia, she sees me. I'm just like, I'm sometimes yelling at the television and they can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> and all these commercials, they forget that there's a child in there. It's all these cliches. They're just cliches. And the one commercial, I won't say who it is, or, but you're going to know. I'm watching that. I go, Olivia, do you realize you just happened right there? And at the end of it, it shows a politician and he's holding on to a four-year-old little girl and it's, oh, he's for abortion rights. I'm thinking, Olivia, I go four years earlier, he'd allow that little girl to be aborted. Do you realize the hypocrisy of this commercial? I'm like, does anybody see this? Doesn't anybody get riled up about it? You say, well, Jim, does it say in the Bible that life begins at conception? No, science says that. Biology says, embryology says that. And we're only going to trust the science if it's convenient, right? That's hypocrisy. I wish they would show all these people what happens to a baby in the womb when they abort it. It's awful. It's a life. So I'm watching this, I'm like, what's gone on is decades and decades and decades of no God, no God, no God, no God, keep God out, keep God out, keep God out. And then devalue life. 49 years of devaluing life through abortion, 60 million babies aborted. We've devalued, devalued, and we're on borrowed time in America now. Because we know in the Old Testament that they would kill their babies on the sacrificial arms to a molten hot um, um, Molech and they'd kill their babies, sacrifice them. What are we doing here? We're on borrowed time. But it's the devalue of life. So, crop, 49 years, five decades of crop, of devalue of life you know and then no God no God no God and we're suffering from the crops now and you wonder why people devalue everybody else and they want to go around killing people get angry we've, lo- we've let it go man see they don't know the answer we have the answer now I got to say this I don't blame them as much as I blame them here's you know why because the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers I could say it they're not going to get it they're blind to it I'm going to say this, don't clap, because it's, I, I don't want to clap. But the, when it comes to the answer, we have the answer. The answer has always been the answer. It's Jesus Christ, right? Don't clap, right? Jesus is the Savior of the world. You know why that's the answer? Because, watch, what? all they're doing through everything you're doing right now is they think they can change the situation from the outside in, right? Sorry, it doesn't work. Nobody changed outside in. Change comes from the inside out. And only the Spirit of God can come live in a person, can change a person's heart. That's why we need the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. We have the answer. It goes back to Joseph. Joseph is the Savior of the world, he's the answer. Guys, I, I'm more frustrated with the Christian church because we know better. We know better. They don't know that they're blinded. We're the little lights of the world, are we not? We're the ones. Why is it third world countries Christianity is exploding? The power of the Spirit of God, the baptisms, and we're over here just going through routines. That's the more irritating thing, I I, I think. For me, anyway. I saw this article titled "said the real enemy of the church is not atheism, it's apathyism, apathy. We just don't care." We're just going through our routines and we just don't care. We have the answer and it starts, it's only from the inside out. And we live in a culture that's moving away from from God. Okay, but it makes us shine brighter. At least it should. Because this culture is going to want some answers. They're going to want answers in their life. At first I was really angry with COVID over the whole thing, what it did to New Beginnings and other churches. Now I'm kind of thankful for it. Because it made the difference. You could see the difference between a Christian and a follower of Christ. I'm glad. Because it made us see where we really are in this country, in the churches. I don't want to be a Christian. I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to do what He says. And by the way, if anybody wants to give me a rebuttal, home, whatever, you want to come and see me, before you give me a rebuttal, please bring me your list of how many times you've attended fellowship in the last six months give me your list of where you're volunteering here at New Beginnings or other church bring me your list of your tithing record bring me your list of how many people you've shared faith with in the last six months then once you show me all that that you're actually a follower then you can come and tell me something <laughs> but until then don't come and tell me nothing when you're not doing anything that doesn't mean anything I'll just sit there going hmm and once you leave I'll go eat lunch I don't care <laughs> we have the answer We're the saviors of the world. We got no answers out there. If If you want to know the truth about me, I'm cynical on all sides of government now. I'm watching. It's like we need leaders. We need people. Look, We just need moral, honest people. That's all we need. That's what we need to make right decisions. But we're the answer. Joseph was the savior of the world. And we can bellyache, we can complain, oh, my life is filled with lemons, so is his. But it turned out for good. And he became the savior of the world. Amen. Remember that. Don't get caught up in your problems. Get caught up in what you're going to do for Jesus and how you're going to live for him and how you're going to be a light of the world and what you're going to do for God. Because it's not about you and it's not about me. I've got to deal with myself, you deal with you. <coughs> Amen. I'm done. Let's pray. Stand up with me, please, would you? Lord, thank you for, thank you just for being you. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us a tremendous mission and assignment to carry this truth in a world that desperately needs it. I know these messages, some won't even affect them. (coughs) Won't Won't even shake them. They'll just continue on complacent. But I know some people might be shook. Just thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you never leave us, you never desert us. That in the midst of all the darkness, like with Joseph, God is with us. God is with us. In Jesus' name, amen if you need prayer or dedicated your life to christ please reach out to us on our social media on facebook and instagram at nbcc norco or email us at hello at nbcc.com thank you for listening don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast